Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Heal Thy Skin podcast. I'm Marnie, your host, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Abby, a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and founder of Zong Center, also known as Dr. Abby Acupuncture, and you'll find out why. Dr. Abby has trained extensively around the world in Chinese medicine and Western medicine with a background in naturopathy and a Bachelor of Health Science in traditional Chinese therapy. Abby is passionate about sharing her knowledge and teaching people that everyone can access and integrate health and sensible well-being in their daily lives to both improve their health and accelerate their personal growth and development. Dr. Abby treats all sorts of skin conditions in her clinic from adult acne, post-operative scarring. She works with breast cancer survivors. She also performs at acupuncture facelift which is really fascinating and you're going to love listening um, to it so make sure you listen right through to the end she also works with brides and people getting ready for special events to get that glowy skin abby shares how her journey in traditional chinese medicine inspired this injectable free facial rejuvenation and the ancient secrets of gua sha i started by asking dr abby what she thinks is the biggest misconception about acupuncture Enjoy listening. That people think it hurts or that it's a placebo pseudoscience. They are probably my biggest, my biggest issues to educate everyone as to what it really is. So the first thing I tell people is that we use fine filiform, uh, single-use sterile stainless steel needles. And we can fit about 52 of these into your normal um, injection gauge needle. So when you get a blood test or an injection, we can fit about 52 of ours in that. So, wow, yeah, than a piece of hair, even totally, totally, especially for um, cosmetic acupuncture. We use a finer, a finer needle because we obviously don't want to bruise your face, and so we try to minimize and do all the logistics that we can to make sure it's very minimally invasive. And myself, as a practitioner, my aim is not to have you lying there feeling super uncomfortable, but it is ironic that the more scared of needles you are, the quicker you fall asleep. So, the body's quite fun in that respect. Um, and as far as it being a pseudoscience, it's not. It's an actual verified health science. I love that you don't have to believe in acupuncture or Chinese medicine for it to work. So you don't have to believe that taking these herbs may or may not give you diarrhea because it's going to happen anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> you can believe or not believe all you want. They have an actual profound effect on the body, and that's why we're so heavily regulated and pay a lot of, a lot of insurance fees, and we're registered with APRA, so we're the same level of health qualification as your dentist or surgeon or GP, so yeah. Well, that's definitely debunked some um, big misconceptions that um, even I had because I had no idea that the needles were so tiny. Yeah, I mean, my biggest gauge, if for people out there who actually have a concept of gauge needles, the biggest gauge that I would use is a point two millimeter. Yeah, tiny. That's and I put that in the physical, or I might put that like if you have migraine or you've got 
tight shoulders or you've got, you know, um, arthritis in your knee, I would probably use it for points associated with that. Um, personally, the way I've been trained is I don't tend to initially put needles in the area of trauma. I try to treat either what we call mirror points or um, end of the channel to try and uh, use the most dynamic chi or energy to get the body to trip the trip the switch itself and balance homeostasis before I actually go, okay, let's do a trigger point or let's do one closer to the area. I just think if it's in trauma, it's in pain, you don't want me to add to that. Interesting. And is that more for like muscle related injuries or is that even like with scars and things like that as well? Um, Muscle related injuries, we incorporate that into the cosmetic at Zhong Center. So for that, yes. Um, For scars, again, I would probably use smaller Depending, like, scars are so varied and interesting. Like, when you say scars, I go, what do you mean? What type? Do you mean burn? Do you mean laser burn? Do you mean from an adhesion, from, you know, an operation? If they're a calcified or a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fart moment. The purple raised. um, Like keloid, hypertrophy. Keloid. Yeah. The K got me stuck on callus. Um, <laughs> if it's that kind of scar, then I would use a myriad of, of tools, not just necessarily a point to gauge needle. I might use a bit of gua sha, or I might use, a, which is a scraping technique. I might use um, what we call a blossom hammer, which is kind of like a toothbrush or fully fine needle, so it kind of gives us a sunburn sensation. Um, I might use uh, moxa, which is a form of burning herb, so it's moxibustion, to try and get lots of blood, fresh blood, into the tissues and surrounding to reinvigorate the healing process all over again. So, yeah, and even depending on the age of the scar, I might treat locally or most likely I treat distally because the the science of the, the acupuncture points or the meridians, which is an electrical and energetic system that it's based on, which they have found in studies, um, the, the chi or the energy is most dynamic at the distal points of these meridians, which run from head to foot, from fingers to face, they, they run in basically transverse lines up and down the body to a certain extent, like another venous system or another nerve system. Um, and so I would be treating at the other end of where the issue of block was. So, for example, if there's an issue, most common scar we come across is a um, caesarean. So if you still have tingling or numbness or discomfort in your caesarean months, years later, which is really common, um, for us, that transverse is about four different meridians, your chong, your stomach, your spleen, and your kidney channels. And most of the ends of those channels are in your ankles and feet. So we would be working on your ankles and feet to reduce the discomfort in your lower abdomen. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've got a few cool tricks up our sleeves that aren't necessarily as invasive as everyone's been led to believe. Yeah, and um, just another debunking or misconception is that I didn't realize you, there were so many tools that had you had available to you, and we're going to get into some of those um, later in the show. But I'd really love to know where exactly your journey of Chinese medicine began. Began. So I was a naturopath initially, um, and I was fully deep in conspiracy and. Um, Western medicine versus Eastern medicine. So, for example, if you weren't alternative, then you were an enemy. Um, goes to show how enthusiastic I was. So, and then I was working in a medical center um, with a Chinese medicine therapist at the time. And um, she had a, we were sharing a few clients 
And uh, this particular client came in and she had had three children and all she was worried about is how um, overweight she'd been post birth. And I, you know, it's, it's a valid complaint from a lot of people. It really affects their psyche and their self-esteem. And so I watched this Chinese medicine practitioner reduce her abdomen by an inch in the session. And it just blew my mind because I didn't know that that was possible. And working further and further with this particular practitioner, um, they were able to pick up diabetes before the doctor's blood test. And they were able to pick up precursors for cancer before they were even registered on the bloods with the, with the GP. So I was like, whoa, this is like actually valid in healthcare. Um, you don't necessarily need someone to go away and comply with supplements and expensive herbs ongoing. You can have a result then and there. And I'm quite impatient and quite competitive. So um, I, I kept watching this happening and thinking, oh, my God, like I have to get my clients to buy these supplements and keep taking them. You know, it takes a while for them to absorb into the system, for them to get a response, and then I've got to figure out how am I going to change their diet. And then it, I kept working with this person thinking this is amazing. And then I watched them do a facelift. And I thought, holy shit, I don't have to sacrifice my vanity for my ethics. Like there is a way to balance both. So then um, I moved to Australia and I started training in Chinese medicine there. And I just absolutely fell in love with it because I was all of my lecturers in, in China to do Chinese medicine, you have to have an MD as well as. So most of my lecturers were surgeons or normal GPs as well as loving Chinese medicine and incorporating that there. So I got a really broad, balanced education and it really softened my view on them versus us rather than, you know what, uh, acupun- uh, antibiotics saves lives and so does uh, antidepressants. So if you're on that, I'm not looking at that as a cause. I'm looking at it as part of your picture of who you are. I'm not separating it from your symptoms. And that was probably the best lesson I got with my new degree. And then um, with that, I was lucky enough, as I like to put a positive spin on it, to do my internship in China. And since then, I also trained in Japan and Hong Kong and France. And I now train other practitioners in aesthetic or cosmetic acupuncture, but I'm still also looking for everything I can incorporate because it's really fun once you get into it. Mm. And you are appropriately called Dr. Abby Acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> acupuncture, dry needling kind of differ. There's kind of a few names in the industry I've heard thrown around. I don't really know the difference between them. Is there a difference? There is a huge difference. Um, so depending on who you talk to, but between America and Australia, I think you've got the most uh, passionate crew of people who want to educate you in the difference. So in Australia and America has very heavy licensing laws as well. Um, in order to practice acupuncture, which is a protected title, if we get into the legalities of it, um, you need to have trained for at least four to five years and have done minimum 800 supervised hours. So in Australia, we can't touch a needle until we are third year. So we've done, you know, our house sciences, our chemistry, our biochemistry, um, excessive anatomy and pathophysiological Chinese medicine background. Um, So we're very highly trained. Dry needling is where the therapist has had a weekend course showing trigger points. They don't necessarily have had a background or education to a bachelor level. So this is where sometimes you're getting PTs who have learnt it, uh, masseuses who have learnt it, but don't necessarily have been taught all the rest of it. It's, it's the equivalent of going someone who's done 
eight hours, no supervised activity ongoing. They might not have even done a practical on the day. Um, and they honestly don't necessarily have the full education of the repercussions of that point. They might understand the anatomy, but they won't understand how maybe that point correlates to someone's anxiety, triggering off cortisol levels, triggering off um, maybe their blood pressure. And then you have medical acupuncture, which is where a GP has done a diploma of acupuncture. So they've done a bit further detail into Chinese pathophysiology and they will maybe incorporate that in part of their uh, GP consult. So a lot of what we have to do is educate people that if, they've, if they're receiving dry needling, um, the difference in laws is that they can advertise testimonials. If your needler is advertising testimonials, they're not as highly trained or qualified as, say, a GP doing medical acupuncture or a traditional Chinese medicine therapist that has trained for years. So I would rather, you know, someone that's gone to uni rather than someone that's gone to kindergarten. Absolutely. And yeah. in regards to testimonials, that's in regards to medical professionals, right? It's got to do with how medical professionals actually market their services. So there are limitations on how totally. things are marketed because mm-hmm. they are seen as a therapeutic type treatment. Totally. So we are allowed to educate public, but we're not allowed to say um, that we are the best. Like if you think about it, your GP never advertises and you go to your GP because they're good and because of word of mouth. So as far as the regulations around um, testimonials and marketing, your, our whole aim is to educate public to be fully informed and make a choice from there. Mm, yeah. yeah. And when you started in uh, Chinese medicine, did you know that you were going to go into skin and aesthetic treatment specifically? Was it something? Totally. <laughs> I have been driven since yeah. get-go. Like the minute I could get off clinic and straight onto this, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I've, I've always held it in the back of my mind. Like I'm going to train. Um, basically, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the Christina Yang of um, acupuncture. <laughs> that was basically my entire drive through my degree was Christina Yang. And because um, I actually secretly am a science nerd, I really, really love science. The other benefit for me of making it cosmetic acupuncture and, and what that does is I um, can measure my improvement with my clients. You know, you can measure a line, you can measure, measure skin quality, you can measure skin tone. Um, the other benefits that are always included are still going to occur. So I still get the joy that I would otherwise get from general practice with, you know, people going, my back pain's gone. I'm, you know, sleeping better. My, I'm not sweating at night. I still get those benefits, but I get the look, I can fucking take a photo of what we've done here. Like it's that little bit of pessimist in me making sure it's still doing what it's doing. Yeah. Well, when you can visualize it and you can see what it's done, mm. it's less subjective, isn't it? Totally. And, you know, I'm vain at heart. I'm totally honest and unbiased <laughs> about it. When you, you know, you get your hair blow waved and you flick your hair until your neck goes out the whole way home, but you smiled at extra people, you know, you got more swagger in your hips. And so I just think it's a ripple effect. If you feel, if you feel that you look good, then you do feel good. And then you treat everyone around you better and you're more inclined to do more. And it's that whole kind of, you know, um, yeah, ripple effect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And at the Zong Center, you perform a treatment that is termed facial rejuvenation. What exactly yes. does this entail? Because I'm guessing it's a lot different to facial rejuvenation with laser or with other kind of aesthetic practices that are used in skin clinics, etc. Yeah, well, um, we use the term facial rejuvenation because obviously we have to be very careful about terminology and marketing. 
number one. So we call facial rejuvenation. I like to refer to it as cosmetic acupuncture um, or aesthetic acupuncture. And what it is is it's your natural alternative to Botox or fillers for a mini facelift is the easiest way to rudimentally explain it. And so what it involves in my clinic is we do a constitutional Chinese medicine diagnosis. So we're going to look at your bloating, your guts, your hormones, um, other issues you might have in your life, whether it be work stress, life stress, um, inability to get words out of your mouth. It, can, it goes into the entire scope of um, Chinese diagnosis, which is 10 different questions pertaining to various areas of your life. And then I use the balancing of those body points to um, push all the chi or we say coerce the chi so that all the best bits flood your face. So it's working on reducing fine lines that are in your skin, enhancing lymphatic and circulation in your face and your decollete and your neck, um, increasing the brightness of your skin tone, a little bit of local trauma in order to get that collagen superseded and excited, and working on muscles and trigger points in the scalp and back of the neck in order to tighten muscles and soften muscles. So most people who want their um, corrugator worked on, you know, in between your eyebrows, for example, if you're thinking of getting Botox, the quickest thing I say to people is to hold your two, your index finger and your middle finger and push, the, push your eyebrows apart as hard as you can and try to frown. And you'll notice that the muscles at the top of your scalp and your hairline start to overcompensate to frown. So, for example, that can kind of show you where we may be working to either, one, help your Botox last longer or, B, prevent you needing Botox or, you know, no need for it in any way, shape or form. So we use combination of needles in my clinic we use a lot of herbal masks which are clean and clean and clear um i'm very i don't like dirt so i'm not really into herbal clays and that type of stuff i'm like what's clean and easy we use a lot of led laser as well just topically but as much as possible non-invasive for the whole body to invigorate its own anti-aging techniques makes sense because the term rejuvenation um can it can kind of mean rejuvenation in the sense that it's going to reduce pigment and things like that but a rejuvenation treatment can sometimes be quite invasive and it does very little in actually rejuvenating in the sense mm. of it's not repairing it it may be ablating tissue for it to have to repair itself totally so, like I've, I've had some ipl and i feel like nuclear bombs have gone off under my eyes i'm just like oh, i don't think i can do this <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile laser genesis i'm all over i'm like yeah genesis the crap out of me i can cope with that kind of pain um look we do really help pigmentation and we do really help um with uh any kind of weird um discoloration in the face or ex excessive uh honestly i've got so much brain fart this morning I was that myelination, but I know it's the wrong word. Melania. Oh, I sound so professional right now, don't I? This is my <laughs> anti-human day. I'm like, yeah, sure, I talk about skin all day long. Can't even name the words. Um, so what, what I tend to find in clinic is if you have uh, Eastern European her heritage and you go through, because one treatment's only going to make you glow for a few days. If you want the effect to actually hold and for you to look lighter, younger, brighter for longer, you have to do the treatment process, obviously. You know, skin's got a 28-day process. Um, it's always going to be sloughing off. We want to make sure that we're getting the elastin and uh, collagen repaired at the deeper level of the subcutaneous and the epidermis. So you have to come for a treatment course and acupuncture in Chinese medicine works best on uh, momentum gained. 
So what I tend to find is if you've got Eastern European background and you do your six to 10 or even 15 sessions, they tend to look, your skin tends to look more olive and darker, but even in complexion. And then my clients that have got more of an African-American or Nigerian background skin coloring tend to have this brightening effect. I'm not going to say lightening because it's not lighter. It's just a brighter, more even tone. Um, And then with my super Caucasian background clients, they tend to just look polished. It's this bizarre phenomenon. So I can't even guarantee that as we even your pigmentation that you're going to look brighter or whiter because in some cases you go more olive. And it's just however the body naturally responds to its own endorphins and chemicals, it um, rectifies itself. And this was like some of these clients, like I was treating them in winter. It wasn't like they were going out and getting tanned in between my sessions because no one is brave enough to do that with me. Um, But, yeah, it's just this awesome phenomenon to see what the body naturally wants to look like. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, like, I can put photos of that up online because that's not a testimonial. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, you mentioned gua sha before and jade rollers and the practice of gua sha, I don't know if I'm saying that right, has, yeah, perfect. <laughs> has recently become a bit of a social media trend. Yeah. Vomit. Why do you think it's gained <laughs> so much popularity? Because it photographs well. It's a beautiful tool. Aesthetic. Um, oh, it's, look, honestly, it's easy to post. It's a great online business. Um, look, I've had a journey with the jade rolling and gua sha. My personal journey was um, I used jade roller for about a year, every day without fail, rubbed, rubbed the shit out of my face, roll, 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 roll. No one ever noticed any difference and my wrinkles were still coming through. And then I changed to gua sha, which is a scraping technique. And initially I was using a porcelain spoon. I was very um, old school Chinese. And probably within a month people started noticing the difference. And I was like, right, okay, we're on to something. And also when I initially started using a ceramic spoon for gua sha, my skin started breaking out. So that showed me that I was flushing out toxins that I was otherwise unaware of. And then I was like, cool, getting a result from this. And then my mentor gave me a jade gua sha and people were noticing within a fortnight that I was using it. So I was like, that's the proof in the pudding. So I'm pretty um, blunt with my clients. Like we use jade rolling as part of the session, mainly for the feeling not for any kind of therapeutic benefit. And I go, this does jack shit, but feels so nice. So um, I'm a massive advocate of jade gua sha. Um, It actually works. If you want something to break down, if you think about it, how often do you use your mouth to talk and your masseter to chew and then you grind your teeth and then you frown up and down all day? Or you might be a person that uses your forehead to read the computer. Um, You know, you might be a person that squints when you listen. So all of these muscles, when was the last time you had a face massage to break down you know the build up of lactic acid in these muscles never so the jade gua sha i love because it's something you can do at home it's non-invasive you don't need special tools or special education it feels nice and it actually works your lymphatic it does a little bit of micro trauma to increase collagen it um moves the knots out of those muscles you can treat your own clenching jaw pain uh we use gua sha a lot on the neck and the glands in order to help boost your immune system. You can do that at home. Chinese medicine is all about empowering you in your own lifestyle to look after yourself so you don't need us as much. So for me, it's a great tool for my clients to maintain their face tightening or their face lifts um, in between sessions or, you know, they might come to me for 
a three-month treatment plan and then not come back for a year because they've been using their gua sha. So I run a lot of workshops and I have online courses so people can actually use this. And I don't think you'll be finding me doing an online course for jade rolling because I honestly, I'm not seeing any benefit. (laughs) So (laughs) let me tell you what I really think. (laughs) But I agree when I've seen um, videos of jade rollers and I've used kind of variations on myself, they do feel lovely. They feel great. If you're sunburned, <laughs> go for it. Roll some aloe on them and just get go to town. But I honestly, I don't think it's moving enough lymphatic to get a real response. And as much as crystals are beautiful and lovely and have these attributes, I want an attribute that I can physically measure. Do you know, like jade yep. is, is meant to be auspicious and it's got, qualities of you know warding off the zai chi which is negative chi it's meant to keep your health immune system well look after your heart and that's fine but i actually want it to do stuff i actually want to be able to measure the lines of my face um i've so far we don't have many uh face creams or you don't see any co- co- coenzyme q10 with amethyst powder none of that's come out yet because <laughs> i don't you know like and i'm not adverse to these therapies but i think that they should be adjunct to and not solely relied on yeah which comes to my next question is it the material that it's made from or is it the movement that elicits this um the result from rolling or rather gua sha (laughs) do i answer as confucius or do i answer as abby um (laughs) look (laughs) um the thing that i like the reason i use jade is for me it's very it's honoring the traditional chinese medicine the other reason I use jade is because it's a soft mineral. It's not going to bruise the same way as a ceramic spoon and or buffalo horn, which is traditionally used on physical gua sha when we want to bring up um, the pitchier and bring up a sweat and remove a pathogen. So as far as physical qualities are concerned, jade has got enough striations in the mineral that it will absorb bacteria from your skin to a certain extent. So there is that kind of benefit and that is why we would say don't share it because your bacteria is going into it skin's very delicate you don't want to be sharing bacteria with other people um i honestly think it's more the movement and the fact that the mineral is soft the minerals of jade may or may not be transferring into the skin Um, if you're an orically sensitive person you may be getting facial healing points from using that that crystal however Honestly, I think it's the physical movement as um, elicited by using even a ceramic gua sha spoon. So I think at the moment we've got a great Instagram campaign that's beautiful to advertise. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. And with gua sha, you mentioned either jade or ceramic spoons. So just for a visual, what does a gua sha look like? So the ones that I sell in clinic looks like um, half of a yin-yang but kind of rounded. So it looks kind of like a kidney almost, if I'm really honest about it. And I've got two sizes. One's um, about the size of your palm and the other one's half the size because I put it in my car or put it in my um, travel travel toilet bag. Um, and so you've got like at the heart end where the bump, for lack of a technical term, the bum bit, the bum looking bit, you know, <laughs> you would use that for um, on your nose, you know, getting down all the bumps on the, the ridge of your nose or on little areas of your jaw for fine parts around the face. And then the internal convex of the kidney area is really handy for big sweeping motions along the masseter, up the jawline, down the neck. Um, And then you've got the concave 
side, which is really good for um, sweeping over the forehead and across the eyebrows and corrugator and the frontal muscles to bring that down. And again, the bum side's really good for brushing through the scalp all the way down to the back of the neck and the occiput area to drain the lymphatic afterwards. So it's got concurves and shapes to it to break it down. I've seen the ones that are like the size of your hand or bigger. And I just think oh, I'd, I'd get RSI on my wrist really. Like that's hard to try and start to work and use. And when I see the comb, I'm like, oh, I, I was a bit delicate, <laughs> a bit yeah. precious. It seems like way too complicated. So I'm all about keep it simple, stupid. And, you know, obviously with the technical terms of my, my gua sha, the bum bit and the pointy bit, that's kind of all I really need to go with. Yeah, it makes sense. It can curve to the <laughs> curves of the body. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, we've all got bums. Put a bum on the end of the gua sha. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, what other skin conditions can be treated with traditional Chinese medicine? Um, we treat so much acne. Honestly, acne is probably the best satisfaction you can get in Chinese medicine. Um, we treat a lot of, you know, adult acne, cystic acne, teenage hormonal acne, bacne. Um, we also get a lot of rosacea, um, especially on the cheekbones for a lot of clients, especially when they hit menopause. Um, we treat contact dermatitis or general dermatitis. We get a lot of eczema, whether it be in your neck or inside your, your inner arms. Um, what else have I been I'm trying to think what's been in clinic this week? This week I've been treating uh, nondescript blackheads that don't know where they come from. So that's sickeningly satisfying um we treat a lot of bell's palsy that was probably my biggest training in china is we would treat up to 10 clients a day just bell's palsy and that's probably one of my most absolute favorite things to treat because we use a lot of either electroacupuncture and moxa with ginger um there's a lot involved but for the best results the studies show and which is the other misconception that we're trying to educate the public on the fact that we're allied health um, is that it's frequency of treatment. Like in order to treat depression, there was a study put out in 2017 that you actually need a hundred sessions of acupuncture starting at three times a week in order to be as effective and no longer need Prozac. But you know, when was the last time someone's like, Hey, I'm just off to my acupuncture three times a week. You'd go to your physio three times a week. You'd go to your chiropractor three times a week. However, we're seeing people go, oh, I've gone twice and it did nothing. I'm like, mm, we're not drugs. We are working with your body's own natural chemicals and, and endorphins. So it takes, takes a bit to build momentum. So, yeah, Bell's palsy is one of those things where you, the quicker you come from onset, the quicker we can get a turnaround for you because Western medicine says it's idiopathic. Chinese medicine, we say it's been some form of wind invasion. So we quite often find it correlates with weather change. So it's gone from damp and humid to suddenly windy days. You might have slept under the air conditioning unit. You might have come from hot, humid. Had one client come from a hot, humid bathroom in Mexico to the air conditioning in the airport, and by the time they landed, their face had, wasn't responding. Um, a couple of times, oh, actually in clinic, I get quite a bit of um, what I call Botox faux pas. So someone's gone to get injection or either a filler or Botox from someone who may not have been adequately qualified. And we see the ramifications of, you know, a flitched nerve, Botox that's um, actually slipped down the whole face and the wrong muscles have been affected. Um, Filler gone wrong where it's kind of moved from the nasolabial to the upper lip so they look like a bunny. Um, We get a lot of those type of of instances or people who may have had um, an eye 
left and it's just too tight. So they want mm. some help with the rehabilitation of that. Oh, dear, so, yes. So yeah. Quite varied. It's totally varied. And yeah. like I said, just as well, I've got my general practice in my background because all of these things in Chinese medicine are completely different diagnoses. So, for example, uh, common cold, we've got like 13 different diagnoses that we can run this down to. It could be, you know, do you have a sore throat? Do you not have a sore throat? You know, are you warm or cold? So we can, we can differentiate that way. And then, you know, it will come to cancer and we've got two diagnoses. Is it a lump? Is it not a lump? So, yeah. um, you know, when people come to us with these issues of, okay, look, Botox has taken out my cheek as well as my face and I look like I've got Bell's palsy. For us, every single person who comes to that presentation isn't the same diagnosis. You won't all get the same treatment because we all respond differently. So, yeah, those are the types of things that um, we tend to see in, in clinic and treatment. So, yeah. And I have a particular interest in, in scarring. What Awesome. Yeah, what are some um, treatments or ways that traditional Chinese medicine can assist with, say, post-operative scarring? And would having treatments or consultations be beneficial even prior to undergoing surgery if it was something that was a surgery that you knew that you were having, that it was not yep. traumatic necessarily? <laughs> or surgery is traumatic. <laughs> but, but in the sense of that it's yeah, not yeah. a traumatic scar. Induced. Oh, totally. Yeah. So uh, not a trauma-induced car. So like yeah. we get lots of uh, uh, sports boys come in with uh, shoulder reconstruction and, you know, they've had the ligament reattached yeah. and that's a deep scar. That's not just a superficial skin scar. That's actually working on the ligaments and the joint as well. So when, uh, when, we, know that, when we know clients are about to get these rehabilitation surgeries done, it does help to come see us in advance because the – one, we can help metabolize the anesthesia within the liver system. So we can help regulate the body in advance to that occurring. Um, twofold, with scars, twofold with scars that are sports related or movement related is we can help with the flexibility of the joint as part of rehabilitation. So if you do your exercises and you can feel the muscle fibers start to catch, that's where Chinese medicine is really good at getting to the site of inflammation and reinvigorating the healing process there um, as well as topically we're very good at changing the color of the scar we can brighten it a lot quicker so i would probably see clients within a week of having had the operation and again that doesn't necessarily mean that we're needling site of trauma so in order to still flush that scar for example if it's the the shoulder we still would put points in the elbow and arm maybe up near the chin to flush that meridian in order to make sure that there's no adverse ongoing health effects. Um, if it was, for example, getting a mole removed or a suspicious skin tag, um, pre on, pre wouldn't be super important. That's fine. Post within a week would be great. And we can give the client even tools with the gua sha rubbing technique in order to prevent depending, of course, like you would see this all the time in clinic as well, um, depending where the site of insertion was, like is it a, is it a Z-plastic insertion? Is it just a um, generic cut? Is it a cup cut? Um, to make sure that the way that the skin moves around the scar isn't impinged. Yeah, so it makes sense. Because I'm, I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm using all the hand movements and just realize that's irrelevant for a podcast. 
So I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping I verbalise it adequately. <laughs> that, that it is, that it is. Now tell us about um, one of your favourite case studies. It doesn't need to be skin related, but just a time that you just got really fantastic results for someone that just reminded you this is why I do what I do. Um, I've got a couple actually. Um, part of what I love to do is re-educate people on diet. So I have a lot of people who in actual fact are using, say, a vegan diet or a plant-based diet as a form of food control instead of actually, um, you know, it's another form of body dysmorphia. It's another extension of um, anorexia nervosa. It's just a control thing. So I had a client coming in who was devout vegan and we were talking about how they had horrific period pain, didn't know when their menstrual cycle was coming, uh, cystic acne, hair falling out, um, dull, lackluster skin and, you know, that flakiness around the hairline and mm. then they'd get cystic acne under their jaw but the top of the acne was flaky and dry mm. um, and they just were unable to keep themselves emotionally balanced. Everything was stressful. Everything upset them. And over about – so within the first two treatments, we stopped the hair falling out, which was pretty cool, and then probably by the third or fourth session – the cystic acne stopped growing, so we kind of stopped it in its tracks. And then we'll, with this person, I was able to really um, talk to them and make them feel better. Like acupuncture is really good for invigorating your appetite and digestion um, processes. So, you know, if you're digesting food and metabolizing better, I was able to talk to them about, you know, food as medicine and, you know, with these types of conditions, some animal to protein in small form, can actually be very beneficial. You know, I like to educate clients of use your money consciously. If you want to help the animals, buy ethically farmed meat or buy organic meat or kosher meat or these types of things. So we were able to kind of talk through where she was able to have the most amount of impact with her spend and also treat her internal condition because a lot of women with menstrual conditions are actually anemic um, or what we call blood deficient. So it's really vitally important that we get the most highly nutritious food in the easiest form into them. So after about four sessions, we were able to talk about introducing bone broth. And then fast forward, even three months later, her cystic acne had completely subsided. Her hair was shiny already and um, her periods had regulated and were half the pain that they used to be. So, and you know, and from this, she changed her job. She moved out of living with her family. Like she'd had this massive frigging life change and just a completely different shiny human to what I'd, I'd ever seen before. So what I really like about what I do is the internal changes. And like for now, I think it's about a year later, if you were to see her, she doesn't even have scarring or any kind of pitting from the cystic acne. Like all of that is completely gone. And I didn't expect the scarring to be gone, to be honest. So that was, um, that was like an, an entire 360 change from internal, emotional, hormonal and physical. What a transformation. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool to see sometimes. Yeah, Other it than, you know, really exciting. Hey, hey, look, your waist is back. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time to go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a bit deeper, isn't it? Yeah. I, I still like the, hey, look, let's make sure that your thighs are thinner so you can fit your jeans from that out. But <laughs> this one was kind of a bit, a bit pink and tickly. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It keeps you doing what it keeps you coming back for more. Yeah, and it's yeah. that kind of meaning. Yeah. And what are some considerations with traditional Chinese medicine, um, 
medication, <laughs> medication <laughs> rather. Well, like, what are the limitations, risks? Do people need to avoid certain activities? Um, so, if you're taking Chinese medicine herbs, we are highly educated in making sure that there's no contraindications of that herbs, your diet, other medication that you may be taking. Um, the only thing that people don't tell us, which really does muck up your medications, is when they're ingesting essential oils, which horrifies me. Um, because that is a chemical substance and the half-life of that can interfere with absorption and metabolism of other herbs and medications that you may be taking. So that's a side note, but that seems to be something that we're seeing a lot in the industry at the moment. Um, Herbs, it's very rare that you'll get an adverse reaction to Chinese medicine herbs because they've been around, the formulations have been around for 2,000 years, so they're pretty much balanced in the body. But we're very aware of if you're on... um, any kind of antidepressants or anticoagulation medication. And we're very clear with the herbs that we give you, how they may or may not impact that. And so we won't give you formulations that interact with those. Um, With uh, acupuncture, um, the best thing that you can do is be informed and make sure that whoever is treating you with acupuncture is APRA registered, which is the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Association, and they should have it under their credentials and on their website. That's the first thing. Um, adverse effects, potentially potential risk of acupuncture is bruising, uh, a little bit of um, a uh, hematite. Oh my god, you got me thinking about crystals now. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a of a slight raised lump at the point of insertion, which normally goes away. Um, there is a risk of pneumothorax, which is you know the needle hitting a lung. However, if you're seeing someone who's been trained. For, you know, four to five years, we're very, very educated on these points. I think in 2017, there were four cases of pneumothorax, three of which were from dry needling. However, it was all lumped under acupuncture and we got, we got wrecked for it. Um, so, you know, there's a risk of hitting a blood vessel, which is pretty highly likely. But, however, the needles are so fine that it shouldn't have an inclusion or any type of injury. Um, some people, maybe one in every 200 go into what's called needle shock. And it's just a hypersensitive nervous system that um, goes super excited when any kind of stimulation occurs to the nervous system, which could be anything. And you might feel hot and clammy and sweaty. Normally it will pass or we just take the needles out or we have other points that we might press to kickstart the nervous system into calming down. Um, Other adverse effects, if you get gua sha, um, if you get physical gua sha, it's... brings up what's called PTA, which isn't bruising. It's a blood vessels bursting at the top of the skin. And this looks like hickeys or it could look like tiger marks. And they normally subside within, you know, two to three days it's normally gone and you have less tension in your muscles and less back pain and normally your, your fever is gone and you're well again. Uh, you can have marking from cupping. Um, in extreme cases, cupping can bring out blisters. So that's extreme toxicity. I've had some clients come out in blisters and they take a couple of months for the discoloration to go away. Um, what, like I'm trying to think of worst case yeah. scenarios of everything. These are the yes. worst case scenarios. Guasha markings really common. We're like, it's good. It's good. The sickness is gone. Um, so those, yeah, those are the, it's, it, it's, it's, everything has risk. Yeah, that's right. Everything, any, any treatment, whatever it is, has yep. risk. But it, it's um, interesting as well that you just mentioned it's good. It's, you know, it's healing. Um, kind of the more the 
the adverse reaction sometimes the more it can indicate how toxic you were or, oh, or how much especially with guasha but the, the people might have a bad connotation to that because they think well i had or significant bruising bruising i had blisters for all this time and yep. they might think that negative where you're thinking yeah we really <laughs> did a great treatment <laughs> and in our clinic we are uh, very um client empowerment focused i think what i say to every client is look if you do the course as quick as possible it means i can get rid of you faster the whole aim is how the fuck can i get rid of you so you know hard and fast let's go yeah. Um, and so when it comes to, to gua sha or cupping, we're again, we're upper regulated. So that means we have to give client, we have to always get verbal client consent each time. And I really like to explain the risks. I really like to say, hey, look, you have got migraines and anxiety and insomnia. Okay. And you really want me to work on, you know, making sure that you don't have saggy jowls anymore. And you really want me to work on the lines above your eyebrows well, you're frowning all the time because you're anxious. You're not sleeping all the time because you're clenching. The quickest way around this is for me to give you gua sha on the back of the neck, down your lymphatic system and down your back. Highly likely because you're a psycho, this is going to mark. However, the more we do it, the, the less the marks have come up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm quite honest when I, my clients are psycho. I'm like, you're crazy cakes. Let's bring this down. Um, <laughs> so, so we educate them so that they know what we're looking for. And honestly, with gua sha, I don't know if you've had it yourself before or watch. Don't watch videos on YouTube. That's not fair. Um, you can trace where the marks are coming up. So it kind of comes up in track lines down the meridian. So you literally chase where the marks are coming. I could sit there and scrape a certain area of your back for two hours and nothing would come up unless there was an imbalance there. So um, some clients mark within three seconds. Some clients don't come up at all. So if there's an imbalance is going to come up and this is where we use it as a great tool to educate our client of you've been going to bed with wet hair, obviously in Chinese version, that means that the skin for us, that means wind's invading, cold is invading the tissues, you know, on a, on a West, on a pathophysiological level, you know, wet hair, your muscles are trying to contract to keep warm. So as it contract while you're relaxing, it's creating this uh, tension. Whereas we're like, oh, you're sick. You've got cold invasion, you know, cold will kill you. So we need to invigorate the muscle response in order to activate the, the inflammation in the lymphatic system to reinvigorate red blood cells and white blood cells in that area to warm it up, to push out the stagnant tissue in order to make you feel well. And so yeah. a lot of our clients are like, can you gua sha me today? Nobody likes the process, but everyone likes, everyone likes the outcome. Yeah, interesting. Mm. And even that idea of air inside the body, it's, I've heard it in other, um, in other countries as well, like in, in Indonesia. Yep. If someone is riding on a motorcycle, for example, and they get sick, Cover your the, literal trans, <laughs> yeah, the literal translation is um, air inside. It's yep. um, sick air inside um so it's not just traditional chinese medicine but it's no. i guess more these eastern type um, practices that really have that belief of almost literal air yeah. inside where it's not yep. something that we necessarily talk about in western medicine do you think they all had a conference 2000 years ago i'm like all right guys let's confer terms let's make sure we're all on the same page here <laughs> when we tell these guilos what they've got what word are we going to use <laughs> now was there a time, and I don't like ask this to people, but I find it interesting as well. Was there a time when you couldn't perhaps achieve what you wanted for your patient? Like what was the outcome? What do you think happened? Would it change now if you're doing that same 
um, you know, yeah. kids study now? Definitely. Like when you're, when you're fresh into a practice, um, you're quite often led by what your client wants, you know, like you don't want to create discomfort. You're continuously worried about their pockets. Um, so, you know, you just go, okay, once a fortnight's fine, you know, yeah, okay, we'll see you then. So um, early on in my career, I didn't get quite the same results with clients because purely it was being led by them and not by what I was taught. So for example, um, one client was ludicrously sensitive to needles. No matter what needles I used or technique I applied, we did Emla cream, you name it. And it just, just one of these highly strung people who likes to have their own way all the time and expected results to happen. And so I tried to treat her for about six weeks with this. And I was like, look, go and be honest, your face ain't moving because you're not letting me do the technique that I've been trained in in order to get the best results. So what I'm proposing is, you know, it's partly my fault for letting it be led this long, but let's just do another six weeks, twice a week, my way to actually get a result. And once I got client compliance on board, that within the next six weeks, it was a completely different face. So it was a, a matter of me learning different language techniques in order to get the best outcomes for my client. So I learned the hard way that gentle, gentle, or, you know, fluffing about doesn't work. And so this actually came into play a, a few weeks ago. I had a new client come in who, whose ears had been blocked for three years. And the quickest way to move lymph and ear stuff is gua sha. And so I gua sha her the first time. And you can imagine, she, you know, hickeys everywhere. And she was mortified even though I'd educated her and she come back the next week and said, you can never do that again. And I looked at her and I was like, well, I'm not the practitioner for you because this is the quickest way for it to heal. So we had a conversation about it and I did more gua sha. And then the third week she come back, she's like, it's the first time in three years that I can actually hear out that ear. And I was like, yes, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it sounds very up myself, but it, it reaffirms that I've been trained in my modality. I know what it can do and the best part for me was having gone to China to see what it can be pushed through and uh, the best part is is again because I've been trained by MDs you know um, medical doctors as well in their field um, I can see the limitations so for example if I've got someone desperate to get pregnant and I know for a fact that like their fallopian tubes are blocked or they act their timeline's different to mine then I'll be like look I can increase your lining but you're going to have to go get um some injections in order to boost your follicle cells so like let's do it in conjunction together so there's times like that where I'm like I know where to to add to other people but um realistically the only way that the medicine doesn't get the same result is if people aren't giving it enough frequency like you take antibiotics you take all 12 tablets you know like you just don't take them once ago oh you know I've still got the sickness you have to take the course and it's a matter of educating public my job included that you actually have to keep doing the whole course otherwise you're not going to get the entire effect and find a practitioner that you have rapport with so you can trust them um when it comes to like back pain or specific musculoskeletal only injuries i will refer to someone way better than me because i want you to get a result i want you to get better and then if you want to work in your face you come back to me um i've i've listened to charlie teo i think he's like the world's most phenomenal doctor I just love that he's super crazy cakes and great. And he said, you have to think that you're the best doctor for your client, if not refer them. And I know what I'm good at and I've really pushed it to the limit. And so I only see 
faces because I know that's what I'm good at. If someone comes in and they're definitely, you know, they want more hormonal stuff done or they want more fertility done, I will refer them to another practitioner at Jean because they're better at it than I am. So, yeah, as far as client outcomes and making sure that it, it reaches its target, it's a little bit of it is frequency. And if someone hasn't been looking after themselves or quite often if they're a smoker, you're going to need more and more frequent treatments because it is having an internal effect and it is affecting your skin. And if that's all you're coming for, I can't take responsibility for that, which is hard to learn when you're a fresh practitioner too sometimes. Yeah, certainly makes so much sense. Like patient compliance is really important. Um, yeah. There's so many self-proclaimed experts because it's easy to um, look up things on social media. So, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, you hit the nerve. <laughs> So so often there's, um, you know, even sometimes you might have clients or patients that come in saying that they want a particular treatment, but whether it's you or... It doesn't suit for them. Exactly, whether it's you or whether it's another practitioner and with your experience, that's what you specialised in. It's like, well, I know you've come in for this particular treatment, but that's not going to give you the same results that you're seeing online or... Um, oh, totally. That's what and that's been photoshopped or, you know, yeah. they've actually starved themselves for five days prior to that picture. Look at the dehydration of the skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, the internet. What yeah. a joy. Yeah, and absolutely. And then, you know, practitioners working within their scope and being able to refer on, I think that really takes a maturity. Um, oh. And it's not easy, especially when you're new in any field, because you feel like you have to help and support everyone. Oh, I'm and- going to heal all the people. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily going to um, be the best um, journey for you because you'll come across some brick walls where you're like, you can't get the results and you've kind of felt like you promised that you would. So mm. it's um, it's good to know when to um and and you know a part of my job is also managing client expectations that's why you don't see me write on my website facelift or we can guarantee you get rid of your eye bags you know some of that's genetic you can't even change that with surgery like if you were born with dark under your eyes you've probably got you know some kind of maybe fijian or indian heritage and that's actually just part of your genetics and i don't necessarily view it as a negative thing like like the variations in human is amazing so I don't want to be out there advertising that I can cure all these ailments that actually media have told you are bad and they're not. Like cellulite was invented in the 60s. It was invented by a woman who, who created a machine in New York just to get rid of it and then was published in three articles and by the 70s everyone decided cellulite was horrific. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's part of your body. Yeah. You see men getting upset about cellulite. They don't care. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, the internet is amazing for telling people what they need when in actual fact that's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of like bringing Eastern and Western practices together, how do you think um, we can bring those two modalities or those techniques together to treat skin conditions? Well, I love referring my clients to laser. I have some fantastic referrals here in, in Melbourne and St Kilda. Um, I love um, natural peels in relation to trying to see, you know, the, the reabrasion of the skin. Um, a lot of my clients want, uh, they like, you got to remember, I'm seeing lots of hormonal issues at the same time. So I'm getting lots of people with polycystic ovary syndrome. So they've got hair in areas that they don't want it. So I love referring that off for, um, laser and, oh my God, my words are horrific today. I'm going to call it epigenetics and that is not the word. And it's not epilator. 
they inject the needle, a little bit of electrolysis. Oh, my God, how hard was that to get to? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Electrolysis, laser. I like referring to that type of stuff. A lot of my clients enjoy because coming to see me isn't having a facial. Yes, it's lovely and you fall asleep and it's relaxing, but I'm not there massaging and wooing your face. Like at Zhong, we do gua sha, acupuncture, herbal infused masks with a bit of electro pulse and then rolling. So if you're wanting the full spa experience, we love to refer to beautiful pampering um, other practitioners that are out there. So I think that works really well together. In my clinic, I've made a very strong point of not selling skin care because I don't care what you use. If you've got a product that you like, I'm not going to judge you on it. If you feel that you get benefit from it or you like the smell of it or you like the feel of it, go for it. Like I'm not, I'm not to get all up, all up in arms about that because at the end of the day, I'm working on the body's internals. So as far as introducing Western and Eastern, um, the only kind of the difficulties can be is when I'm seeing really, really hard side effects from, say, Irecatane or the pill or someone's on the Implanon and that is totally affecting their ability to get some blood in their face or it's affecting their anemia levels or their estrogen levels and that is where I'm, we work on balance and education with the client and, you know, going back to their GP to change those types of things. Um, yeah, I think it's great that we have all this amazing technology and all this science so that we can look. Well, it's more like glowing the whole way down. I'm not, I'm not necessarily about anti-aging. I'm about, you know, kicking and screaming the whole way down. Yeah. Glowing. Because <laughs> people go to me, how old are you? And I said, that's irrelevant. Isn't it more important that I look good? Like, yeah doesn't matter if my face is falling off as long as it's glowing. Um, yeah, taking, taking the emphasis off the age and just looking good for where you are. Yeah, exactly. And are there any practices that people can do at home to improve their health and healing with traditional Chinese medicine? You mentioned gua sha before. Yeah, so I think jade gua sha for your face is amazing. I obviously bang on about that a lot. Um, and so, you know, I, I run workshops maybe once every six months in Melbourne or around the different states and I have an online program for people who don't want to travel. Um, I also highly recommend foot baths for stress and regulating hormones. Foot baths are like the dream. They're probably one of the most easiest ways to relax, get better sleep. Um, Cause we say a lot of the points that help regulate hormones and your mental acuity and emotional well-being start in the feet. So a hot foot bath before bed and we don't really care what ingredients you put in it. We just want to bring all the hot chi out of your head and into your feet Um, That has phenomenal properties for a lot of people, especially my fertility clients. Um, Other things would be, it comes down to diet. Chinese medicine's not really into raw. We're not all about smoothies and mangoes and coconut water. Um, So we come from the proviso that your stomach is a soup, just to bring it down to to an anecdotal level. So if your stomach is a soup, that means that anything that you ingest needs to be either like soup-like quality, temperature, or broken down. So because um, from the soup, the body then turns the soup into blood and chi to go to the extremities of your body. So if the soup is being cooled down or spending too much time trying to break down, you know, think about your cold raw smoothies, um, excessive cheeses and dairy, excessive bread. You imagine when you put that on the soup, it makes a gluggy mess and that would take a long time to break down to make into soup so we liken that to that the whole body is spending all of its time attending to your digestion instead of sending this chi to your skin 
or your extremities or your mind or repairing your body. And that's why lots of people have uh, digestive issues. So we encourage eating seasonally. We encourage eating locally and we encourage eating probably at least a 50 to 80% cooked diet, cooked in water, cooked in stir fry, uh, cooked soups. If you think about it, Chinese start the day with congee. So we're all about what's easily digested, easy in, easy out. If you think of a toddler's diet, they tend to eat a lot of cooked foods, mushed foods. They still manage to shit every day. Their brains grow at an alarming rate and they have lots of energy. Yet you wouldn't necessarily say that it's high, highly nutritious. It's nutritious, but it's not all about, you know, just have celery because that's, you know, more calories to consume than calories gained. So we don't really care about that. We're more like, okay, what will nourish you? What will be easily digested? What will be easily eliminated for you to have more vitality? And a lot of what I do is like, oh, you having coconut every single fucking water every single day when you live in Victoria. When was the last time you saw a coconut tree? in the state (laughs) like that's designed for tropical weather we are not tropical yeah exactly yeah don't have coconut water in winter is my biggest tip (laughs) (laughs) just you know just because it can be used as blood plasma if i had a car accident and i was on the side of the road and you could give me real blood i would much prefer that than coconut please (laughs) (laughs) so as far as at home techniques eat lots of warm food try and have you know lots of water cooked food so it assimilates into the blood quicker Warm water as opposed to ice in your water, you'll feel more um, satiated. You'll feel less thirsty. Um, hot foot baths, gua sha at home, and bone broth. Oh, my God, I love bone broth for skins. Like, it, it is phenomenal how quick the collagen starts to plump up the tissue, how the increase in iron and fermentation in your gut helps you your bowel movements, helps bring up your blood volume so you have less painful periods in women having more uh say meat-based foods actually helps them think clearer we metabolize iron and calcium and magnesium at such a higher rate than men because of our mental function um these are things that i'm just like bone broth warm foods foot bath and jade that's like if you can get your hands on nothing else everyone can get that in their kitchen so that sounds like the perfect saturday night in for me as well (laughs) any night any night (laughs) yeah um Dr. Abby, where can people find more about you? More about me. Um, if you have open ears and you love a good F-bomb, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Abby, D-R-A-B-B-I-E, acupuncture. Or um, quite often I make a lot of appearance on the Zhong Center's Instagram website, and that's Z-H-O-N-G-C-E-N-T-R-E. So I'm at the Zhong Center in St. Kilda, and quite often I travel around Australia teaching people how to use gua sha, teaching other practitioners cosmetic acupuncture so more people can get these results as well. Great. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank Thank you. you. It was very fun to be on. It was. Yeah, thanks so much for being a guest on today's show. It was great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. What a fun and super informative episode. I enjoyed that. I think you could probably tell. Um, Dr. Abby was real, raw and down to earth, but not afraid to proclaim her vanity, which I just love to hear about. She's just um, so open, shared so much gold with us. But the three deeper than skin insights that stood out to me were 
Number one, Abby stated you don't have to believe in Chinese medicine for it to work because it's a, it's a real medicine. So I, it was great to hear her debunking the myths about uh, traditional Chinese medicine and it really does have its place in, um, in our modern world and our modern environment. Number two, I'm a big believer in a collaborative approach and it's great to hear how Dr. Abby uses a collaborative approach to her treatments in both the aesthetics practice um, but also when she's treating medical conditions as well. And number three, you don't have to compromise on your health to look good and there's lots of options to often get the same types of results. Um, so that was really interesting to hear about as well. I would love to hear your experiences with Chinese medicine. So send them through to our Instagram, um, which is dermhealth.co, or email them to us at info at dermhealth.co. Thank you for listening in, and I'll see you next week. Bye.